Don't you love it when something falls into place perfectly without you having planned it at all? It's perhaps even more satisfying um, because of its accidental nature. Well, today, you'll be glad to hear, is one of those mornings. Um, Because four weeks ago, um, as part of our current sermon series, um, I preached about how we can have um, confidence as we step out in our discipleship. And I did my very best um, to describe to you a painting uh, that I felt was very helpful in making this point. Um, Perhaps some of you um, even looked it up afterwards. Perhaps you even recognised it from my description. I don't know. Um, But the wonderful news this morning is that, uh, of course, since the beginning of October, we have our fantastic screens here in the church. And because the painting is perhaps even more applicable to us this week, um, with your forgiveness, um, I thought we'd use the same illustration again. But this time, we can do that literally. And here, Brendan, with the magic of technology... It is. Um, We're talking about calling this morning. And this is the calling of St. Matthew um, by the Italian artist Caravaggio in the church of St. Louis in Rome. Um, It's quite a dark image because Caravaggio um, was famous for his use of dark and light. So it's not just that it's a bad picture. Um, It's a bit grubby too, I think, still. Needs a good clean. But that's um, the dark and light of the picture in real life. I need to apologise for the choir at this point because we have realised, or I have realised that of course they don't have the benefit of the image on the screen at this stage. So maybe we need to rethink that. It's only when you try out new things that you find find the little learning points along the way. Um, But the figure on the far right of the picture, of course, is Jesus, the one with the outstretched hand. As I said four weeks ago, Caravaggio's genius is that we're not sure which of the figures on the left is Matthew. It could be that Jesus is gesturing to the man who's bowing his head on the table, or the one who's um, pointing evasively away from himself, uh, as if to say, uh, you want him, Lord, not me. But what Caravaggio does through this ambiguity is to include all of the painting's viewers in Christ's call as well. Jesus is calling Matthew, but equally Jesus is calling us too. Each of us is called by God to participate in his mission, to play our part with him in reconciling all creation once again to its creator. Thank you, Brendan. How then might Jesus be calling each one of us. In our Gospel reading from Matthew, where Jesus calls his first disciples, he addresses Peter, James and John in a very particular way. He calls to them, Come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. To fish for people. 
Jesus' calling, God's calling on their lives is made to them as they are. They are fishermen. So Jesus addresses them in language that they understand as fishermen. And Jesus' call on our lives is made to each one of us as we are. If perhaps um, these fishermen had been farmers, Jesus uh, would most probably have said something to them like, um, follow me and I'll teach you how to grow or maybe to harvest disciples. Jesus speaks to each one of us in our uniqueness and calls us to follow him through that uniqueness. There's a tension here, however. God calls each one of us in our uniqueness to follow him, but he also calls each one of us to be an ambassador for Christ in the world. He calls each one of us to be a disciple who makes disciples. He calls us together. We have to hold in tension here these two um, truths of, on the one hand, diversity and the other of unity, of a specific calling and also a general calling. Our general calling is that we're all called to follow what's set out uh, in the New Testament as, uh, as how every baptised Christian should follow in Jesus' path. And then there are Um, if you like, specific missional approaches within this, which spring from our own individual shape, our own personality, our own story. This is what Paul sets out in our reading this morning from his letter to the Ephesians. On the one hand, as we read in verses 3 to 6, there is one body, the church. There is one baptism into that body. There is one faith, and that faith is in one Father, one Lord Jesus Christ, one Holy Spirit, one triune God. And our calling to follow God is to build up the body, to build up the church in this unity, in this oneness. But at the same time, Paul acknowledges that each one of us will have particular gifts that come out of our shape, if you like, as an individual, out of our unique talents, our gifts and our life experiences. He famously uh, identifies here uh, in verse 11 five different ministries within our general calling, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher. Each of these has been given to the church by Jesus in order that the church may be built up and equipped for the service of others, built up in faith and maturity, ultimately to attain fullness of life in Christ. And importantly, each one of us, not just those who are ordained, Not just those who are um, paid members of staff in a church. Not just those of us who are um, volunteers, leaders or members of particular ministry teams. But each one of us has been given one or more of these five ministry giftings. Between them, they encapsulate the whole of Jesus' ministry. 
And I think it's fair to say that if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. So one of these five ministries of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher must particularly apply to each one of us. Paul assures us in verse 7 that to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Which is to say that Jesus himself has determined the type and the measure of these gifts to each of us across these five areas. Our responsibility now is to understand what gifting he has given to us and to be faithful to it. It's worth thinking, I think, very briefly about uh, the strengths and the possible weaknesses of each of these five ministry areas, and I will genuinely be brief about this. Uh, If you're an apostle, um, perhaps you love to start doing new things. You like change. You like dreaming dreams for God. When you're sharing your faith with others, you'll like trying out new things, new ideas. But perhaps you might not be so good at walking patiently alongside a new Christian. If you're a prophet, your gift of listening to God in prayer and discerning what the Holy Spirit is saying to you will enable you to strengthen and encourage and give confidence to others. Maybe you're less keen on practical tools for uh, discipling others. Um, But I encourage you to to use those as a framework for bringing people to Christ. Evangelists um, naturally bring the good news to those outside the church. Your example as an evangelist can help us grow in confidence if we perhaps are less good at sharing our faith so openly and unpromptedly. You can encourage us in mission Although um, perhaps you may be less good at discipling people after the initial conversion. If you maybe are a pastor, you'll be compassionate, you'll be sensitive to the needs of others. And uh, you'll naturally connect with others uh, when you're uh, on mission, uh, if you like, through, uh, through your warmth, through your care for them. Maybe, however, um, you might struggle a bit more than some others with change. Maybe um, you're reluctant to risk a friendship uh, with someone else if um, uh, sharing the gospel uh, in a very open way with them uh, might, you would be concerned, uh, imperil that. And finally, if you're a teacher... You'll love discipling others through God's word and be passionate about explaining your faith through the Bible. But perhaps through your passion for the word, um, maybe um, you need to to think a bit more about your uh, relationships with others, your your personal uh, relationships with them, how you you get on with them, your, your tact, your compassion. So for each one of us, it's really helpful to understand how, how we, how I, might best do mission. How you might best do mission. And this will guide me and it will guide each one of you in what 
um, our contribution to the life of the wider church and the life of our church family here at St Giles will best be. How we can best work together, how we can support each other where we are particularly gifted in an area and others may be less so. None of this is individualistic. In what Paul says here, um, he stresses that all five ministries are necessary for a healthy church. Echoing his famous image in 1 Corinthians 12 of the church as being like a body with all of its different component parts, each of which is critical to the whole. Moreover, as uh, I hope you could uh, tell from my brief outline of the, of the five ministries, the strength of one person uh, can help to support and provide a counterbalance to the less strong areas of another person's ministry. Together as St Giles, as a church, we support and we complement each other in our ministry uniqueness in order that we might ultimately, as Paul says, attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit who works our gifts and our graces into our lives, rather than them uh, arriving fully formed, if you like. Um, So in order to discern what our gifting may be, we need to work with God. If we're not already doing so, um, God is calling us to, to start to serve in some way in our church family. And in doing so, each of us will start to find um, the flow of the Holy Spirit in each one of us. And when we start to focus on areas um, in which the Lord has gifted us and, and in which um, maybe perhaps we also have experience of life, um, we therefore um, flow, if you like, in the direction of how the Lord has made us to be. It sits well within us. And we find it easier to be a disciple who makes disciples, which is what, of course, it's all about. So how best do we find out what our particular calling is? As I've said, listening prayerfully to God is a great start uh, as we discern what his particular calling on our life may be um, in each of the five ministry areas, uh, in which of the five ministry areas we sense our giftings especially to lie. And praying with others whom we trust about this and listening to their prayer-inspired contributions and suggestions and support can also be extremely helpful. I know when I was... Um, exploring ordination, that was a huge help to me, people um, affirming me in that calling and also challenging me in that. Um, But that applies to each one of us too. For those of you um, who are in home groups, it would be wonderful uh, if between now and your group this week uh, you were to spend some time with God um, or perhaps even praying with someone else, as I suggest, uh, for him to show you more clearly what your missional shape is. And then perhaps, um, how about spending some time in your home group together this week to reflect on your respective giftings and how you can best support each other in discipling others through those. The best way, 
in which to determine our missional shape is often to try different things and then reflect on which um, make us sing in tune with the Holy Spirit. So go and try new areas to get involved in different things that perhaps you haven't been involved in but where you feel a sense of calling to become involved from that prayer from those conversations with others and of course this supporting one another in discerning our callings applies not just for home groups but for the whole of St Giles as well we're a whole church family that praise God is growing and in which the desire to disciple more deeply all our new and existing members continues to grow. So if you sense that your calling lies in a particular area in which you're currently not involved, do please come and speak with me or with Lee uh, or the lead person for that particular ministry area. We'd be delighted to explore with you how you may be able to grow more fully into that specific calling in that area. And in doing so, together, we can advance God's kingdom here in West Bridgeford and beyond. In Jesus' name. Amen.